Have you ever wondered why some young people choose to end their lives? Ever wondered who they are and who they left behind? Have you ever wanted to hear their stories? Would you like answers to these questions and many more? Welcome to Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu. Her mission is to shine light on these young people, create awareness for, and educate the world on youth suicide. Opinions expressed in this podcast are those of Dr. Lulu and her guests. They are not a substitute for professional advice. If you are experiencing suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK or send a text to www.crisistextline.org. Now, here's Dr. Lulu. podcast. How is everybody doing? Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Good morning. Good evening. Good afternoon, wherever you are. Good night. Now, today we have a repeat guest. She is none other than Miss Debbie Debonair. She's special because we already did this interview, believe it or not, but it got lost. We don't know what happened to it. It vanished. So Debbie was kind enough, compassionate enough, and generous enough to come back and have a repeat session. So Miss Debbie, thank you so much for being here. She is a thought transformational specialist. She dealt with bullying, both physically and mentally as a child and even as an adult. She has had a history of clinical depression. She survived three, three, not one or two, but three suicide attempts. This chica is the epitome of survivorship. She said something the last time that I love. She said most of her life she's been living in victimhood. She's living in victimhood. But the beauty of her is she does not or did not at that time blame her bullies. She blamed herself. And because she was into drama and acting, she loved to live through other people's lives because she didn't have to live as herself who was hurting all the time. So you know what? Without further ado, let's welcome Debbie because she's going to tell her own story better than I can ever do. Miss Debbie, thank you so much for coming back to Suicide Pages to rewrite page one of your story because we know there's going to be many more pages, right? <laughs> Hopefully, yes, there will be. Yeah. Yes, oh, ma'am. thank you so much for having me, Dr. Lulu. I really appreciate it um, and you for allowing me to share my story. Um, so that I can inspire other women um, all across the world to um, turn their own adversities into triumph, to love the life they live, and to have the freedom to be me now, which is what I'm all about. Exactly. Yeah. And if you hear the beautiful accent, it's because Miss Debbie is from Manchester, England. So listen intently, because she's going to be pronouncing her T's and her R's, because that's the way it's supposed <laughs> to be, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I actually come um, originally from Newcastle, um, and that hence the accent I have, what they call a Geordie accent. Nice. Um, but I live in Manchester and have lived in Manchester for thirty years. Wow. Um, but yeah, so um, a lot of what I went through happened in Newcastle oh. and carried on while I was in Manchester. Well, I had a guest once who said she left her hometown. I think she's from the UK. I forget where exactly. 
And then she moved to Australia and then she was surprised that all her drama went with her through customs into Australia. And I was like, yes, because <laughs> they don't leave you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it don't leave you until you tell her to go away. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma so where do you want to start today? Where do you want to start us from? Well, let's start from the beginning, shall we? Yes, let's do it. <laughs> it's, apparently, it's a very good place to start. It's always a good place to start. <laughs> yeah. So, um, as, as Dr. Lulu mentioned, I was bullied from the age of eight, um, right the way up to the age of 16. Um, physically and mentally bullied. I did um, have a little bit of respite from the said bully from the age of 11 to 13. And before I kind of tell you that, I'll um, explain to you what happened when I was eight years old. Um, the said bully would um, wait for me at the end of the school day and I would know she was going to be there. So I would try and outfox her and, and run and, and try and get home before her. But I only ever got as far as what we call an underpass, which went under the motorway. And she always managed to catch me there, but she was never on her own. She always had her bystanders, her group, her followers with her. And it was the, the, the poking, the prodding, the pulling of hair, the name calling, um, and I never felt strong enough to fight back. It, you know, my words always sounded feeble, never sounded strong enough to stop her. And so that, that carried on every night um, until I was 11 and I left primary school and went to high school. And when I was in high, what happened when we went to high school, um, there was two high schools. I went to one high school and she went to another high school. So hallelujah, I'd been relieved you got a break. of the bully as I thought <laughs> I got a break and um what what happened was um when I was 13 the other high school closed down so both high schools amalgamated and it was as if I was on her radar because within a day of her coming to the high school she found me and the bullying started again uh, both physical and mental bullying and went on until I left at the age of 16. Now, at the age of 16, you would think, yeah, she's escaped the bully. But what I didn't tell you was that all through my life, um, from the age of eight, I had been mentally, I didn't see it as bullying at the time, um, when I was younger, I just thought it was the norm, um, the way the um, significant male in my life uh, spoke to me, um, the things he said to me, oh. um, how he said I was, you know, called me stupid, called me an idiot, called me fat, oh. and actually told me I told me I was a mistake. He said um, he told oh. me that I was um, a hole in a condom. Oh my God! Yeah. I don't think I shared that with you last time. Um, oh, my God. And so that was kind of going on at home while the bullying was going on at school. Oh, so at the age of 16, I left school, um, went to work, but lived um, obviously at home. Um, however, 
I actually lived across the road at the gorgeous lady of my whole life, um, second to my mum, and that was my mum's mum, um, yeah. my nana. Yeah. Um, I, actually, I actually lived with her. And um, that was purely because, um, just to digress slightly, she got broken into and got became very scared of, live, of being on her own. So I used to come in from work, have my tea at home, go across, spend the night with my nana, get up on the morning, go back home and get ready for work. Oh, wow. And what kind of transpired from that was, I used to share a bedroom with my sister. And what transpired from that was, I slowly was kind of, I disappeared from the bedroom. Mm. All, all my stuff seemed to be hidden away. So I didn't actually belong into my bedroom anymore. Oh, my God. Um, so that kind of went on as well. Um, so, yeah, so for the, for, from the age of 16 to, uh, well, I got married when I was 19. Um, I met my future husband when I was 16, when I first got the day, I first, the first day I started work. And um, I got married when I was 19. Um, in hindsight, um, well, not in hindsight, because I knew at the time, one of the reasons that I got married was because I needed to get out of my home. Exactly. Um, exactly. You know, to escape. However, yeah, exactly. Mm. However, I jumped out of the frying pan and into the fire because <laughs> the mental bullying <laughs> carried on until I was the ripe old age of 36, 37, maybe. Oh, my goodness. Um, um, during, during that time, in fact, I might have even been 40, um, during that time, I had attempted suicide twice um, during that time. Mm. Um, and then in 2000, the year 2000, my father was killed tragically. Mm. And it, you know, my whole kind of world just blew up in my face um I spiraled into clinical depression um I was depressed um but the clinical depression really kicked in big style and actually I only before I was diagnosed with clinical depression I only attempted suicide once it was twice after I was diagnosed with clinical depression Mm. and I spiraled down the proverbial rabbit hole and um, it took me six years of another two attempts at suicide um, to then get the aha shit moment, mm. which was which happened when my husband, my, my ex husband and I had separated. We weren't divorced, but we were separated. And I was lying one night in bed. I well, I woke up with an empty red wine bottle in my hand mm. and the immediate thought that came to my mind when I saw it was shit my eight-year-old little boy is asleep next door mm. in the bedroom next door and then I saw his face he wasn't physically there yeah I know in front of me was his face yes and that face because all the time I was going through the the dark times of depression and clinical depression. The reason I attempted suicide was because I believed that my son was better off without me. Yes, I remember you said that. That touched me so much. Yeah. Rather than him living with this crazy woman of the mother, in my head, he was better off without me until Mm. that night. And I saw that face in front of me and I thought, oh my God, how can I do this to this gorgeous little face? And that was my oh shit moment and the start of me coming back. 
an hour very hard and very long uh, on myself. I didn't look in the mirror for nine years. Oh, my God. And I'm now uh, a huge advocate of self-love, self-care, because self-love is just a totally different kind of love. Yeah, man. And it's not about being selfish. It's about being selfless so that you love yourself enough to be there for those around you. You know what? I want you to almost, I want you to say that again for those at the back. It's not about being selfish. Self-love is not about being selfish. You have to come yeah. to, to people. You have to come at people from a place of plenty, from a place of full. Yeah. So if you're, if you're empty, you can't give anything, you know? You need to replenish exactly. yourself yeah. first. So, wow. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so to me, self-love is just a different kind of love and it's not it's not selfish it's selfless because mm. when you love yourself you can love everybody around you amen and i've worked long and i worked long and hard on that and 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 have done some more quite recently as well and so that i could be you know the true aligned person that i found myself to be today so when i came out of my clinical depression and I then started to turn my own adversity into triumph and I um, did a few things. I gained a first class honours degree at the age of 47. Amen. Oh my God. Having... I just graduated from a master's degree at 50 and I was like, oh my goodness, we need to exchange notes, man. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. How was adult yeah. ed? How was that? Uh Tough going, <laughs> very tough going. Yes. <laughs> very, very tough going. Oh my God. And um, once I um, gained my degree, I then um, went on a 12 day trek in Peru um, and conquered the uh, Inca Trail and got to the end of the Inca Trail despite um, getting hurt on the first day. Oh, wow. um, and then wanting me and then wanting me to go home I damaged my legs and they wanted mm. me to go home yeah you, you um, hurt your went, ankle or something not. I hurt my leg my, my knee and your my knee hip. okay I, I thought it was your ankle um, but I know you had an yeah. injury yes no. yeah and what transpired um, a few years after that was I ended up having a complete replacement but um, they wanted me to go home on the first day and I went absolutely not I have waited for the since the age of 12 to do the Inca Trail, there is no way I'm going home. So it did take me a bit longer than everybody else. And I did climb 13,650 feet above sea level. Oh, my God. Um, but it wasn't, about, it wasn't about me at all. It was about the fact that I was raising £3,500 for a children's disability charity. And that, that was the, reason, the main reason I didn't turn back. Amen. Amen. And then from yeah, and then from that and from surviving my last um suicide attempt, attempt. which I should never have survived. Yeah, you you um, wanna I don't I mean, you don't have to tell us about it, but do you feel like yeah. you wanna maybe ex elaborate a little bit? Because if you could elaborate yeah. a little bit about especially about your son being eight years old and you waking up and thinking well, obviously that thought didn't come in one day that he's better off without you. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. just so deep and so yeah. not okay because 
You know, most people would say, I'll stay for my child, but you were like, I would leave for my child. Can you tell yes, us a little bit because, more about that? Yeah, because, because in my head, I was not being the mother that he deserved. So I, he, his life in my head, his life would be f- much more fulfilled, better, more positive without me in it. Oh my so God. when I, what I did was I actually went away for um, a week to the Yorkshire Dales and I cut the brakes on my car mm. and let the handbrake go, drove the car and hit the wall and I should never have come out. Mm. And, you know, that together with seeing his face just made me realize that for whatever well i didn't know at the time what the reason was or why i was being saved but now every day i live the purpose on why i was saved and that is to guide inspire encourage empower transform every single woman that i possibly can living with adversity to turn those adversities into triumph so they can live the life they live and have the freedom to be free. And it's only, I almost want to add, it's only because you you went there, you got there, you lived yes. that life. You, you can't give mm-hmm. this kind of love and this kind of compassion and this kind of teaching from a place of, oh, I heard about it. No, you had to have walked that talk, right? I love it. That's amazing. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Debbie. That's amazing. If we go back a little bit into your childhood, if you don't mind my going back, can you tell yeah. us at what, you know, when you were eight through 16, well, eight through 13, then 16, yeah. Did, yeah. did you tell your parents and how, what did they do? How, what was the relationship with your parents? And did you yeah. ever tell them, yeah. did they know, or your siblings? Did anybody know about this? Yeah. Well, my siblings went to the same school, but um, they had moved on um, to high school. Um, so in the latter kind of years of, of primary school, um, it was getting so bad that I did tell my mum and um, they arranged for me to leave school 10 minutes earlier to get the bus home. And well, I don't know how she managed to do it but she was waiting for me at the bus stop when I got off mm. I don't know how she did it it was to me looking back it was physically impossible for her to be able to do that <gasps> and the only way I can think of is she left school early but isn't it isn't it you know this is going to sound crazy but two questions first of all isn't it amazing how she was so preoccupied with being a bully this kind of person must have been hurt so bad because oh, she absolutely. made it her her life's work as a teenager, a preteen. Yeah. That was her job to believe. But yeah. it's funny, we're talking about this now. However, do you think she would have done that if she didn't have her supporters? Would she have lasted that long? Would it have been that intense? I don't think so. Exactly. And that's what I say all the time. No. And I, I, I mm. dare to say mm. it because being yeah. a speaker on child bullying and depression and suicide, I know majority of kids don't have their power if they don't have the spectators. 
because we're watching them, we're cheering yeah. them on, yeah. fight, 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 or whatever. It's like, yes, yeah, we're yeah. making their power, and then they, they gain their power. And then mm. the, second, the second question is, this is more because I have a mischievous side. Do you know where she is now <laughs> or what she's doing? Do you know how she's... I have no idea. But you know, we have technology. But... No, yeah, but I, I, I have tried to find her. Yes. Um, oh, you have? Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I found her years ago, but I think she must have got married now, and I, and I don't know. And this is one of the reasons why, when I look back and did my journey of coming back out of things, this is why I don't blame her, because she obviously had her own issues that she oh, was goodness. Beyond. behind yes. dealing with okay yes and I realized that right from that age right the way up to when I came out um I lived in victimhood oh. all that time so I was allowing myself even at the age of eight I was allow allowing someone else to control my life oh my god you know you what know, and people say to, to me I was going to say, I have, to be the, I have to be the momatrician here, the pediatrician here. You didn't know any better. Majority of us that were bullied, we didn't, we didn't know any better. We didn't know any better. We didn't know we could have said, stop it, or we could have maybe called for backup, or we could have maybe called for reinforcement or told the teacher. We didn't know. And every day we just wished she wouldn't do it tomorrow. That's when I was bullied. I didn't do anything yeah. to stop them. I didn't interfere. It was years of just bullying on the school bus. And every day I just prayed that tomorrow they will forget and they will not sing for me. And tomorrow came and sure enough, they sang for me. And then I'll pray that tomorrow. And you know, now that I grow up and for those who, please, if you're a Bible totter, if you believe in God and Jesus, please don't listen to this part. I'm just going to say what I'm going to say. I started doubting, is there even really a God? Because why do I keep on praying and praying and praying? And why does this keep on happening and happening and happening? And it's just like I could not find any respite. None. Yeah, none. 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 Mm. And you know, it, it, it kind of, I know you say, you know, we, we didn't know any different. But when I've reflected back and I, I talk about not blaming her, and me being in victimhood, I could have said no. I could have said stop. You yes. are not taking control of me. Yes, not today. You know, and, not today. Yes, and, no, and maybe even spoken yes. up for yourself. You're right. You're right. I, I interviewed yes. a lady recently, and she said the two most powerful words in bullying are stop and it. Stop it. Yeah. It. And then, if yeah. you, or, or, yeah. in my opinion, go down fighting. Yeah. Go down fighting. Well, tomorrow yeah. they're gonna say, yeah, you, you know what? Not, yeah. yeah, you know what? She scratched my eyes yesterday. I don't know that I want that scratch again today or whatever. But at mm. least you put up a fight, a little bit of a fight. I didn't do that myself. Yeah. I allowed no. myself to be bullied. No. It was a bunch of kids too. They used to sing for me. And I never, you know what, Debbie? This is probably this is probably the first time I'm thinking about the fact that I never put up a fight. I never did. No. Wow. No, and we don't. And I never put up a fight for years, and I should have done. However, they say we learn a lot of lessons in life, and things are sent our way because 
we can deal with them and we can come out the other side if we allow ourselves to. Amen to that. Amen to that. In other words, what doesn't break you will, will make you stronger. I agree. I agree. Absolutely. Except, mm. you know, as a mom and as a pediatrician, and I have seen some who indeed got broken. They did and they, oh, they yeah. paid the ultimate Absolutely. price. Yes. Because, Absolutely. you know, all those yes. suicide attempts that you had, if one of them had gone through, you would have lost the fight. Yeah. You would have been broken. Yeah. And this is why now, my passion is to prevent women from getting to the edge of the proverbial rabbit hole because once you hit the bottom it's the bottom it's yeah. the you know the only, they say once you hit the bottom the only place to the go point, is, is, yeah. is up yeah. yeah and you know the funny thing yeah. though i wish i had you in my life 11 years ago i think it was 11 11 years ago when I filed for divorce, I hit the bottom. One night I woke up in cold sweat. I wanted to take a pair of scissors and drive it down the left side of his chest. I was homicidal. I wanted to do something. And then I thought about the kids. Contrary to your case, I was like, for me, if I do this, we live in South Carolina, I'm going to get the the, the life sentence or maybe even a death sentence. And then my kids, what's going to happen to them? So I was like, you know what? I'm going to leave. And as a Nigerian woman, filing for divorce is near to, what is it? Damn near the worst thing you can do. Because everybody and their mamas will judge you first. What do you mean you left your husband's house? There's something wrong with you. You are incomplete. Mm -hmm. You should, this is a bad thing you're doing. Nobody asked me, wait, why did you leave? Or, you know. Yeah like okay so i'm a doctor i'm a i'm a i'm a i think i'm smart so okay i'm smart enough for everything else except this decision to save myself like seriously yeah, think about I know. yeah yeah no and the thing is and I, and I think it's you know ignorance is bliss uh-huh for a lot of people you know and it's and they're not the frightened of the truth yes. the frightened of the um the unknown because they feel like it's taking them out of their comfort zone because it's against the norm yes and i'm sorry but we are all human beings and we all have a place on this earth yes that is so true yes yes. you know and i think when you've kind of nearly not been on this earth it makes you actually more precious about the place you do have on earth it makes you more intentional yes yeah, and it, and that's where my passion comes from. To you know, just to reach out and and let you know these women know that they do have a place on this earth. So, talking about that, where where can people find you? Where where can these women? Because as you know, women we hold the world. We are mostly the broken <laughs> ones. We are mostly the broken ones, but we're also the least likely ones to show. We don't want to complain for all kinds of reasons. We endure so much. I saw something on Facebook. I can't remember the words verbatim. It said something about men. Men usually get the high paying jobs like engineering and doctor and lawyers. And then women get the low paying jobs like engineering, mm-hmm. doctors and lawyers. It's like women, even yeah. when we are engineers and doctors and lawyers, they still look at us like, 
uh, we don't get paid the same amount. Or for instance, me as a doctor, to this day, I walk in the office and like, miss. I'm like, no, but I'm the doctor. Oh, you are? Yes, I am. Like, <laughs> but like, they call you yeah. miss. Or they, like, they feel weird about giving you your own due respect. Women just, just cut slack all the time. Where can these women find you? Because they need empowering. I know I did. I wish I met you 11 years ago. I could have used you. So where can we find you? Where can people find well, you? The, right. The easiest way to find me is on Facebook. Okay. On um, the Freedom to Be Me Now group. It is going to actually, I'm going to turn it into a movement. I'm in the plans of turning it into a movement. Oh my God, that's exciting. Hercules, Hercules, I love movements. <laughs> I'm an activist from day one. I love it. I'm definitely going to sign up. Oh wow, freedom to be me. Okay, good. So y'all yeah, heard it? I think, it's, I think it's freedom to be me now. Now, okay, freedom to be me now. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Or they can find me on my page, which is Debbie Debonair TTS. So it's www.facebook.com forward slash Debbie Debonair TTS. Okay, what's TTS? Oh, Sierra. Thought Transformational Specialist. Ah, yes, yes, yes. I'm also trained as a holistic counsellor and meditation teacher as well. Oh, my God, these are beautiful things they're doing. And to think that, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago, you were such a broken spirit. Wow, Debbie, this is amazing. Look at all the good things. Wow, wow, amazing, amazing. Very good. Wow. I do have two huge, huge dreams, which I'll share with you if you'll, if you'll give me the honor. Yes, please. Uh, of course. One, of course. Yeah. One is to um, build, create and build a respite center and holiday resort for children and their families dealing with the challenges of complex disabilities. I used to work with children with complex disabilities. So that's one big dream. And my other big dream is to create and build a theatre for women dealing with adversity and through the theatre and through drama will turn them into triumph. Wow, I cannot wait. Please keep me in, you know, in That's the loop. That's my two dreams. They're there. It happened. Put them out there. <laughs> I, believe, I believe in my heart that once you put it out there, the universe will come through. The universe mm. will come through. It may not be when you want it, but it, it will come through. The universe never makes any mistakes. That's for sure. Yeah. So for that, I'm, no. I, you know what? Just keep us, keep us posted. You never know. You never know. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. Well, do you have any, so usually I want to know two things. I want to know um, your favorite quotes, if you have any, and then I want to know, um, and words of encouragement for people who are going through the same thing. So favorite, favorite yeah. quote first. My favorite quote is um, a Jim Rohn quote, I think it is. Um, and it's, for things to change, you have to change. Amen. Who's, who's the guy? Who's I'm the gentleman? Of, I think, I think. Oh, okay. It's Jim Rohn. Think. You know what? It doesn't matter. We'll leave his name out just so we don't put the wrong name, but I love that. For yeah. things to change, you have to change. It's so simple and so like, yeah, duh, yeah. but it's true. Majority yeah. of I'm us... I'm all about change. Yeah. I was going to say majority of us fall into that, well, I'm just going to keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Uh, uh, that's called insanity, baby. Okay? For you to get yeah. a different result, <laughs> you got to do something different. So you're right. For things yeah. to change, you absolutely freaking have to change. 
I love it. I love it. Y'all, yeah. y'all heard it. What else? What's the so any farewell or going away or words of encouragement for the listeners? Yeah, my words of encouragement would be, and this is one of the hardest things I found to do, but it is imperative that you do, and it is reach out. I think you said those words the last time. I have it in my little cheat sheet. I might have Yes, <laughs> you sure did. Oh my God, you're consistent. It says it right there. Reach out. Right there. Yep. Reach out. That's amazing. Oh my goodness. She's right. Reach out. I mean, you know, just stay in your little cocoon and think, you know, woe is me. This is it's just me. I'm the only one going through this. No one else is going through it. For those of us who reached out, we're thankful that we did because, you know, there is Absolutely. light at the end of the tunnel. So reach out. Wow. And I know you did also say love yourself first. I thought that was, I'm working on that. Yes. I am yes. working on yes. that. I'm working on that. Yeah. Wow, Debbie, this has been amazing. It was amazing the first time. And I think you even topped it this time around. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, <you>. bless you. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dr. Lulu, the mama with Suicide Pages, the podcast, you heard from Miss Debbie Demonair today. She came and she laid it all out, went through all kinds of bullying. You know, I think today, because it was the second time, she didn't get as graphic as she did last time. But last time she actually painted a terrible picture about what she went through. Oh my goodness, it was, it was bad. <laughs> it was really bad. Bless her heart. For someone to pick on you and just decide that their life's work is to pick on you daily, constantly, every time, every day. Even when you try to leave early, they, they're there. It's like this chick was a magician. And of course now we can't find her. We don't know where she is. Because I would have liked to send her flowers. Okay, Miss Debbie? <laughs> I would have liked to send her flowers. And my flowers will, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to leave that alone, okay? But I would have liked to find out <laughs> who she is so I could send her flowers, okay? But you know what? Send her flowers because she is part of what made you, what molded you yeah. into who you are now. Yeah. While you were yeah. going through it, it was tough, but look at, look at you now. Just look at me now, right? Yeah. Just look at me now. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Thank you all so Freedom much. Freedom to be me now. Yes, ma'am. That's exactly right. Including dyeing your hair and changing your life and just re revamping your style and just, you know, I don't even know what else to say, but yes, you have come through and you're completely the or victorious. And I love it. I love it. So y'all, thank you for listening to Suicide Pages. Thank you for the downloads. Thank you for sharing. Tell your friends, tell your mama, tell your sister. Tell them that there's a podcast that is about, really honestly, it's about victory. Yeah, we have to talk about all the pain and all the anguish and all the despair and all the depression and all the sadness. But usually at the end of most of my podcast episodes, there is victory. And for that, I'll keep on doing this. So thank you all so much for joining me. Thank you so much, Miss Debbie, for joining us all the thank way you. from England. Because I know it's night over there, right? Yes, yes. Thank you so much. And we'll see you soon. We'll see you. Let me know about, you know, your, yes. your future plans. Cause I, if there's going to be a rally anywhere, I'm there. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you so much. Bye. Thank you. Bye Dr. Lulu. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye. Bye.